Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Elizabeth, I used to work as a teacher in a boarding school, a Christian boarding school. So Ooh. this is for high school students. They lived in dormitories, and that meant that we were not just teachers. We were also kind of parents. So we were responsible for these kids 24-7, which meant a lot of work for us. Well, we started having some vandalism at night, and this was a, a poor school. We didn't have a lot of money, and so we could not afford a night watchman. And so the principal solution was that each male faculty member would do guard duty in the middle of the night. <laughs> So what this meant is that I would get up a little before 3 a.m. and do my three-hour shift of guard duty from 3 to 6. And what armor did you carry with you? I was armed with a large flashlight. (laughs) I could blind people, I guess, at a single flash. Uh, From there, uh, I would go back home and shower and and come back and teach my 7 a.m. class. mm -hmm. We would usually work to about 10 at night when I'd go home and fall in bed and start it all over again. Well, one night in particular, I was bored because nothing was happening, and we were building some new buildings, so I went to check on them. And I tried to open a door, but it was jammed. And so Mm -hmm. in order to open it, I had to put my flashlight down, and I burst through triumphantly, but the door slammed shut behind me and locked. So I was locked inside the room. And total darkness. Total darkness. Mm. So I thought, well, surely there's a window here. I'll crawl out it. I turned around, and I saw the form of a man. (gasps) standing on the other side of the room, and I froze. Mm, I can imagine. I would have, too. Oh, at at first I'm thinking, well, you know, what is this? And then I realized, well, if it's a burglar, I'm dead anyway, you know, because I've I've left my armament outside. Mm -hmm. I don't have have a flashlight Flashlight. anymore. But if it's a kid, I can bluff my way through this. Mm. So I said, all right, buddy, I see you. Come on out. And he didn't move. Mm. I said, no, come on, son. The game's over. I'm going to take you back to the dorm. He didn't move. Hmm. So I took a step towards him, and he took a step towards me. And I stopped. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm frozen now. Of course. Well, this keeps going on for quite a while until I finally figure out that I'm looking at my reflection in a mirror. <laughs> I was afraid of my own shadow. You know, the, I, you were the no, substance, yes. but, but you were afraid of the shadow. I was shadow. afraid of the shadow. That's oh, right. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's why when we say afraid of their own shadow, yeah. we're talking about Mike. That's right. That, I am go. the guy. I, you look that up in the dictionary, and there's my picture. So there you go. Today, we're actually talking about a very special uh, topic of how is it that we apply our understanding of God from shadow to substance. Mm -hmm. And we are discussing here when one of the priests redefined the law because of uh, David. So we're going to go back to the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 21. This starts what we call a season of caves in the life of David when he realizes these are going to be hard times between mm-hmm. his anointing and his appointing. There's going to be cave 101, you know, mm-hmm. a time of suffering and training. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> oh, really? You've been in the cave? I've been in the cave. I've spent a lot of time in the cave, but it, I found that eventually I learned that that was God's training place for me. But that's yeah, another story you know, altogether. I, I do think that God does some of his best work in mm-hmm. caves. I yeah, do he does. believe that. Yes. He does. And of course, we find that David will end up there. But right now, he's fleeing from Saul. Jonathan has warned him, Saul wants to take your life. And so yeah, uh, David and, flees. And he's starting to get hungry. I mean, he, mm-hmm. uh, the anointed of the Lord, the one that received the anointing, now is hungry. He is escaping from one place to the other. And he is going to go to the priest and say, 
I need something to eat. Mm-hmm. So we are going to pick it up on 1 Samuel chapter 21 and uh, from the beginning. So then David came to Nob uh, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? David said to Ahimelech, the priest, the king has commissioned me with a matter and has said to me, let know anything about the matter on which I am sending you and which I have commissioned you, and I have directed the young men to a certain place. We don't know exactly why David is being misleading yeah. here. Uh, some people believe that um, Ahimelech actually was the brother mm-hmm. of the one that was uh, in charge of Saul's guard. So that actually he had a relative in Saul's uh, you know, army. And so maybe David doesn't know if he can trust him fully. That may be, or maybe he's even trying to protect the priest. I don't want you involved with this, so yes, I'm going to lie about which this. Which eventually this terribly mm-hmm. backfires because all the priests are killed by Saul. But nevertheless, he's hungry, and he's going to come to a place here where he's going to say, well, the bottom line is this, I need something to eat mm-hmm. on verse 3. It says, now, therefore, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest answered David and said, there is no ordinary bread on hand, but there is consecrated bread, if only the young men have kept themselves from women. Okay, there's two things that we should explain mm-hmm. here. What was this this uh, consecrated bread? Um, once a week, every Sabbath, new bread was placed in front of God, in mm-hmm. God's presence, and there were 12 loaves the table of, of showbread is what it was referred to as. Yes, and the twelve uh, were you know the twelve tribes of Israel, and they were placed there every Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And after that, when they were changed the next week, then only the priest could eat them. Then only the priest could eat this leftover bread when it was replaced. So uh, that's the first thing of the consecrated bread. Second, is the young men have kept themselves from women. This was an actual custom that when people were in war. This was like a holy calling. They Mm -hmm. were supposed to keep themselves from having sexual relations. This is why, uh, if you remember with David and Bathsheba. Yeah, we'll come to that story later. Yes, but how the soldier Mm -hmm. didn't want to go sleep with his wife because everybody else was in war. So this is not something that David is making up. This is the way it is because these were holy wars per se. Yeah, and Himelech is saying, you know, if they have kept themselves consecrated, then perhaps we could let them have this. David answered the priest and said to him, surely women have been kept from us as previously when I set out and the the vessels of the young men were holy, uh, though it was an ordinary journey. How much more men than today when their vessels be holy? Yeah, vessels is, is supposed to be a euphemism for sexuality, mm-hmm. their sexuality. So, it's saying, well, we are ready to take this. Now, what was the problem with this whole picture? Well, the problem was that here the priest is violating the ceremonial laws. That's right. Okay, this is, I mean, we can tell you where all these laws are, but, you know, we have that this should only be eaten by the priest is is found in Leviticus chapter 24, verse 9. And so here, the mercy laws have to supersede the ceremonial laws. And, and I think it's important to know that there are those two different kinds of laws. We got ceremonial laws, those which had to do with the ceremonies, uh, the the pointing forward to uh, the coming Messiah, those that had to do with the feast and about being pure. Mm-hmm. And then we had laws about how we treat one another, which yes. would be laws of mercy. And, and the compassionate acts were always within the spirit of the law. That's why supposedly, even, even in the time of the New Testament, mm-hmm. Mercy laws were supposed to supersede ceremonial laws, That's right. but many times people made the other choice, and I see that sometimes people are still hey, making we, these choices in, in churches. When when we say, "Well, that kid can come in because he's not dressed appropriately," and mm-hmm. you know, we prefer that he's dressed appropriately than that he comes in. Right, and it's hard because people sometimes continue to choose. 
what seems pure over the, the hearts of people and the compassionate acts. And, and we see this again in a story that comes from us uh, to us from the Gospel of Luke, yeah. where, where the disciples were hungry and they were doing something that was lawful on any other day, but they happened to be doing it on the Sabbath day. And um, truthfully, the people who were watching them really gave Jesus a very hard time about it. Yeah, and it's interesting because the Pharisees come with a charge. Uh, you know, that this uh, chapter 6 of Luke says that they were on the green fields and they were rubbing their hands and eating the grain. And verse 2 says, some Pharisees said, why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So here we're going to talk about Sabbath laws right. now, right? Right, and and how to keep that day holy and mm-hmm. pure. Now, what they were doing, again, to walk through a grain field and pick up a, a handful of stuff was not wrong, except for it was being done on the Sabbath day, and there it was considered to be a violation. And what is funny is that Jesus goes back to talk about David's story that we just saw. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Jesus is making the argument that, well, David broke the law, therefore I can break the yeah. law. Yeah. <laughs> now, he is expanding the law to have more meaning and not only mercy, but more meaning in the light of who he is. And verse 3, it says, And Jesus answered them and said, Have you not even read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for any to eat except the priest alone, and gave it to his companions? And he was saying to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So he was trying to say, Look, you guys haven't fully understood what the Sabbath is Mm -hmm. all about. You're just looking at the letter of the ceremonial law about the Sabbath, but perhaps you have not understood the whole meaning uh, not only the mercy and the compassionate acts, but the fact that they should be interpreted in light of my mission because right. I am the Lord of the Sabbath, yeah. says Jesus. Yeah, basically, I'm the guy who made the Sabbath and it's all about me anyway. <laughs> yes, and you guys missed it. You it's missed very it. interesting to me the topic of how ordinary boundaries um, between what is sacred and profane must be redefined constantly when we are facing who Christ is, his mission, and mercy laws above purity laws. And, and I think a lot of people probably are being challenged right now by this broadcast because they have realized that themselves they sometimes have chosen purity laws versus mercy laws. Hey, you know what? I think we've all been there. I've done that. But here we're seeing that this law and the story with David is being redefined on the basis of David's need yeah. and God's agenda. Absolutely. God has a plan and David has a need and therefore the, the law of purity and the law of the showbread was mm-hmm. not nearly as important as it was to meet David's need and fulfill God's agenda. Yes. You know, uh, this is a wonderful topic and we hope that you will think about it, and it has challenged me throughout my life. At the end of this event, on chapter 21 of 1 Samuel, David says, okay, now that we got the bread, do you have any swords? Yeah. And the priest says, we have no swords here, except the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah. <laughs> and I almost feel like God, in the middle of this cave time for David, decides he needs some encouragement, and he's going to remind him of what he has done through him. The only fear we have for the future is that we forget how God has blessed us in the past. You, like David, may find yourself in between time, in a cave. You may be in a time of sorrow. You trust the Lord. He's going to teach you something at this time, and He will work out things for His glory and your good. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.